Safety first. Developing a surgical side infection prevention bundle for patients undergoing elective spine surgery. By Leah Goldberg. Perioperative nurses routinely care for patients undergoing elective spine surgery. For example, laminectomy with discectomy, fusion with instrumentation. To provide safe, high-quality patient care, nurses can benefit from understanding the best practices for patient optimization before, during, and after spine surgery. One complication that patients may experience after undergoing elective spine surgery is a surgical site infection, SSI. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's National Healthcare Safety Network defines three types of SSIs, superficial incisional, deep incisional, and organ space. Depending on the type of SSI and its severity and specific location, an SSI can develop at the incision site within 30 to 90 days of surgery. When patients develop an SSI, they may require different care needs. For example, increased length of hospital stay, hospital readmission, additional antibiotics, and experience altered outcomes. For example, increased pain, failure of the hardware, or fusion. The patient may require additional surgical intervention, including irrigation and debridement, or staged hardware removal with subsequent reimplantation. These consequences can lead to increased cost for the patient and the hospital, be devastating to the patient's quality of life, for example, debilitating nerve damage, extremity weakness, pain, and even lead to death. Therefore, perioperative nurses should collaborate with other healthcare team members to prevent SSIs and promote safe care for patients undergoing spine surgery. Causes of SSIs Although SSIs have multifactorial causes, the available literature highlights modifiable patient comorbidities that increase the risk of the patient developing an SSI. For example, patients who smoke are at a higher risk of developing SSIs because decreased tissue oxygenation can negatively affect wound healing. Hyperglycemia also can cause a negative effect on the patient's immune response and wound healing, increasing his or her risk of developing an infection, including an SSI. Research results show that poor nutrition, for example, low serum albumin level, can slow wound healing and lead to an increased risk of SSI. Obese patients, that is, body mass index greater than or equal to 30, especially those with a thicker layer of adipose tissue at the surgical site, have an increased risk of SSI because of longer operative times, increased tissue trauma from reaction and dissection, and the creation of larger incisional dead space. Finally, patients who are colonized with methicillin-sensitive Staphylococcus aureus, or methicillin-resistant S. aureus, MRSA, can be at a higher risk of developing an SSI. Strategies for Improvement To prevent the development of an SSI after elective spine surgery, perioperative teams can implement multiple evidence-based practice improvements at the same time, rather than individually. This group of interventions is commonly referred to as a bundle. Researchers studied approximately 1,000 patients undergoing spine surgery with implants and observed an 82% overall risk reduction of SSI after using bundled interventions that included vancomycin prophylaxis, diluted povidone iodine irrigation, 
and preoperative nasal and skin decontamination for MRSA protection. The researchers concluded that preventing SSIs requires a combination of strategies because a single change will not minimize all of the risk factors that can lead to infection. It is important for personnel to implement preoperative patient optimization strategies that focus on modifiable SSI risk factors. The preoperative process may include providing the patient with support and resources, for example, nutritionist, to help him or her achieve the health improvements needed before surgery. Because smoking can affect wound healing, the surgeon should discuss the importance of smoking cessation with a patient and provide him or her with resources or referrals to begin the process to stop smoking approximately one month before an elective spine procedure. Researchers suggest that a preoperative hemoglobin A1c level below 7.5 mg per deciliter can help prevent deep incisional SSIs. A verbal nutritional assessment and laboratory studies, for example, serum prealbumin, serum albumin, serum transferrin, can help clinicians identify the patients at risk of malnutrition and create a plan to address the patient's dietary needs. If indicated, the clinician should assist the patient with setting appropriate weight management or reduction goals and planning a strategy to achieve those goals. The clinicians also should consider preoperative nasal swab testing to determine MRSA colonization status and provide antibiotic treatment if indicated. The surgeon should follow up with the patient to ensure the goals have been met before the day of surgery. Preoperative bathing or showering may reduce native microflora on the patient's skin, which can be another source of infection. The surgeon and preoperative personnel should provide the patient with instructions for the required bathing or showering processes to complete before the day of surgery. Researchers studied the effect of preoperative chlorhexidine gluconate showers on SSI rates of patients who underwent spine surgery and found that infection rates decreased when patients completed a total of three preoperative chlorhexidine gluconate showers before surgery. That is, two nights before surgery, the night before surgery, and the morning of surgery. Although the concept of improving a patient's readiness for surgery may seem straightforward, it can be physically challenging, emotionally overwhelming, or even impossible for individual patients to adhere to the recommended changes. For example, patients undergoing lumbar spine surgery may experience nerve pain and extremity weakness preoperatively, which limits their ability to exercise as part of a preoperative weight loss plan. If the patient is unable to achieve the set preoperative goals in the prescribed time frame, the surgeon may decide to delay the surgery until the patient meets the goals. However, after examining the patient, the surgeon may decide that the surgery needs to be completed in an urgent time frame, which prevents the preoperative optimization of the patient's health status. When possible, perioperative team members should use knowledge of the patient's plan of care to educate and encourage him or her to complete the established bundle goals successfully. The bundle also should address recommendations for the day of surgery. This may include additional preoperative bathing and clipping of the hair near the surgical site before the patient enters the OR. Perioperative nurses can actively participate in interventions that occur in the OR including administration, or verification of administration, of broad-spectrum IV antibiotics within 30 minutes of incision, 
and administration of an additional dose four hours later when applicable. They also may complete the preoperative skin preparation using an antimicrobial agent, an accepted practice to help decrease bacteria and other microbes at the surgical site. A prospective analysis of approximately 6,900 consecutive patients who underwent spine surgery showed that two types of skin preparations, application of a 2% chlorhexidine gluconate in 70% isopropyl alcohol solution, or a 3-minute 7.5% povidone iodine scrub followed by an application of 10% povidone iodine solution, were equally effective in preventing SSIs. Researchers studied the effects of skin preparation solutions on the presence of bacteria at the surgical site of patients undergoing spine surgery before and after skin preparation and immediately after wound closure. When compared with the culture results after skin preparation, there was an increase in positive culture results after the wound closure. This result theoretically supports the need for extensive irrigation before wound closure. However, research results are inconclusive on whether normal saline or diluted, 1.3 grams per liter, povidone iodine irrigation solution is more effective. After irrigation, researchers were successful at lowering the risk of SSI with the application of 1 or 2 grams of vancomycin powder to the surgical wound, dose dependent on wound size. Experts suggest placing a sterile dressing over the incision at the end of the procedure and withholding dressing changes during the patient's inpatient stay, up to 5 days, to help prevent postoperative infection. It also is important for providers to encourage patients to maintain healthy habits initiated preoperatively, for example, blood glucose control, smoking cessation, nutrition management, to ensure effective wound healing and infection prevention after surgery. Takeaways for perioperative nurses By participating on an interdisciplinary team to design and implement a bundle to prevent SSIs after spine surgery, perioperative nurses have the opportunity to speak up and advocate for patients. This team should comprise members across the continuum of care, including perioperative nurses, managers, and administrators, surgeons, infection preventionists, and anesthesia professionals. Perioperative nurses can provide feedback about perioperative nursing care during team discussions about proposed and implemented practice changes. Development of standardized bundles also may include an interdisciplinary literature review, intervention discussion, and bundle design agreement. When participating on interdisciplinary teams for bundle development or implementation, knowledge of the factors affecting preoperative patient optimization can help perioperative nurses advocate for best practices for safe patient care. After the interdisciplinary team decides which key strategies to include in the surgical bundle, the team members should support the implementation of the standardized practices. Perioperative nurses who work directly with a patient and surgeon can monitor patient outcomes and perioperative team member compliance with initiatives and identify the interventions with the most noncompliance. Perioperative nurses have the opportunity to review the surgical patient's history and discuss identified preoperative concerns, for example, laboratory test results, with other perioperative team members. In addition, the perioperative nurse can directly support bundle implementation and provide educational information to patients and other perioperative staff members 
on the approved bundle initiatives requiring completion on the day of surgery. For example, preoperative staff members who perform surgical hair clipping may require specific information about the skin area requiring clipping for the planned surgical procedure. In addition, the perioperative nurse can personally complete appropriate skin antisepsis in the OR. Nursing staff members also may require education to understand the need for and effects of practice changes. For example, preoperative identification of a patient colonized with MRSA and subsequent treatment may require additional nasal swab testing in the preoperative area on the day of surgery. The perioperative nurse can provide information to other team members and help maintain contact precautions throughout the patient's care at the hospital until a negative result is confirmed. The perioperative nurse should identify barriers to success and provide reminders to the respective team members to help ensure bundle compliance. For example, administration of the preoperative IV antibiotic may be delayed if the surgeon does not initiate an appropriate antibiotic order. Because patient preparation between anesthesia induction and the spine surgery incision includes several tasks, for example, urethral catheter placement, neuromonitoring needle placement, pre-incision radiographs, extensive patient positioning. The perioperative nurse should collaborate with the anesthesia team members to identify the appropriate time to administer the IV antibiotic. Takeaways for leaders and educators. Interdisciplinary leader support can help manage collective change throughout the perioperative continuum to prevent SSI development after spine surgery. Perioperative nurse educators and leaders can reinforce information on bundle interventions and encourage perioperative nurses to speak up when they observe noncompliance. Maintaining an interdisciplinary work group to discuss surgeon-specific infection incidents openly, non-judgmentally, and constructively, and review the literature for evidence-based practice guidelines to improve SSI rates, can support bundle development and implementation. Openly sharing surgeon-specific infection rates among surgeons can be an effective method to encourage participation in SSI prevention bundles and subsequent improvement of SSI rates. Although spine surgery infection prevention interventions lack extensive research and best practice recommendations, applying standards from related specialty procedures, for example, total joint arthroplasty, can be effective. Ultimately, all successful bundle interventions require team member collaboration, extensive planning, and creation of patient education and resources to support patients' lifestyle changes and compliance with physician orders. Perioperative nurses and leaders can contribute to safer patient care when they participate in the development and implementation of SSI prevention bundles for patients undergoing spine surgery.